Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Billy Munger. And hi, I'm Johnny Herbert. And welcome to a special episode a live of the podcast. Where are we, Billy? We're in Hamilton Fields campsite at Silverstone for the British Grand Prix. And there do seem to be thousands of people. They're all here, here for us. Yes, for us. They're all here for us. Yes. It's not like they've got a Grand Prix weekend to no, attend. No, not at all. Nothing no, no, to do no. with This is that. the main event. This is the main event. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. It should be good. So guys, welcome to a very special Lift the Lid episode. We're joined by some fairly enthusiastic fans. Oh yes we are. In the Hamilton Fields. The best campsite at the British Grand Prix. Yes. And the best fans of the British Grand Prix. And the best pints at the British Grand Prix. <laughs> and the best two mates. And us <laughs> too. As well. So, yeah. No, so this is going to be good fun. So we're going to get you guys to ask us a few tricky questions with a little bit of luck. They don't have to be tricky. You can take it easy on us. They're going to be we tricky. We have just both done a pint. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we've got the, those other things turning up in a minute as well. Yeah, that's a bit awful. worrying. Yeah, and exactly. Right, should we get into I think we should just kick today. this off. Kick this off. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about practice and everything that happened today. Yeah. See what you guys made of it as well. But... So what happened today? So, <laughs> FP1 and FP2. Yes. Not the, you know, the most exciting sessions that we have across the weekend. Obviously, quality in the race is where it's really at. But... Yes, thank you very oh, much. Oh, Johnny, mate. You're, you're not invited again. We've just been handed a Jager bomb each. This is escalating. This is going to get out of control. This is your fault. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, he's gone for it before me. All right, cover them. Two seconds, everyone who's listening at home. <laughs> Where was I? <coughs> Do, Johnny's no, coughing his guts no, up. I'm a little no. bit worried about it. Have we got any medics in the audience? <laughs> I'm seeing a couple of hands. That's yes, good to know. Yes, a lot of hands. You can both and a couple of save my life later wow. on because I might need it. It's all going on at this campsite. I'm sweating already. 
No, Johnny, do you want to take it to a serious place? Can we well, get we back sort of, to sort of, one we sort of started it off a little bit earlier on. Yeah. Max Verstappen, everybody. Yeah, why is that? I find it a little bit yeah, surprising. What? What's, what, what don't you like about Max? It's because they're British huh? fans. He drives a fast car. He drives a fast car. He does drive a fast car. He does indeed. Very, very true. Arrogance, bit of arrogance there as well. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, it's always a weird one, isn't it, Johnny? Because obviously, you know, me and Johnny as drivers, we're lucky enough that we've been, you know, in the cockpit. We had the chance to drive, so we kind of have, like, I guess, a different understanding of what it's like to drive a Formula, yeah. like you know, quick cars like that. And what Max Verstappen's doing is impressive. Oh, it's massively impressive. It's hard to yeah. take it away from him. He's the, arrog- the quickest The arrogance you say is actually his confidence, to be honest. Some people say the same thing about Lewis, but it's confidence. I thought the, the same about day. Johnny when I first met Shaking him. I thought, you know, <laughs> just arrogant. <laughs> no, straight to it, no. No, he has a way about him, absolutely. But that's a confident, a confident young man. You know, he's 25 years old, which is unbelievable. There's a little bit. No, there's a little bit of that. I have to say, it's a it's a little side that I probably. What? Yeah. How would you have dealt with Max Verstappen, Johnny? I think that's a good good one. How would you have dealt with him wheel to wheel racing? There are occasions if you try and go a head to head battle with him, it's going to end up like it did on Monza with one car on top of the other. That's the problem. It's then trying to do the balance. Now that's the issue that you sort of go. Is that really what racing's about? Then you'll actually go, how many people like Michael Schumacher? Any right. Michael fans? Okay, all right, okay. So there's a, there's a few. But it was a very similar thing with Michael. Michael would do anything to be able to win the race. Taking out Damon like he did in Adelaide that time, trying to do the same thing with Jack. The parking that he did in Monaco as well when Fernando was on his quick lap. And Max has got a very similar way about him as well. Lewis hasn't got that, I have to say. Lewis is really wants to win by being the fastest on the track. I know that's something going back to karting days with Anthony, his father. Um, and I do like I like that side rather than the side that would do anything to be able to win. I'm still wowed with what he does on the track with a car. It's unbelievable what he does with a car. He's that new generation that sort of has come through. Um, but I think if you gave Lewis the chance of having a good car, it's something I don't know if we're going to see Mercedes able to supply him or George that chance of being able to attack that Red Bull at the present time. So I don't think, not this year, no, for sure not. So. And what about today, guys? Obviously, you've all been here in the campsite, you've all been to the track, watched FP1, FP2. Who for you was driver of the day? Shout out any names that you think. Not all at the same time. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of Alex Albon. Yes, I agree. Definitely, I agree. Think he's worth mentioning. Yeah, Albon, isn't he, Albon. Has Albon go down well today? Yeah. Okay. All right. That would he's be worth mentioning, isn't he? Because him in, in that Williams at the minute, Alex is in you know sensational form, and it's good to see because I think going up against Max and getting thrown into that Red Bull seat yeah. like he did, yeah. it's kind of hard. That's hard, hard seat for any driver to be in because Max is in top form. You're seeing, you know, Sergio Perez, who's been in the sport for years. <laughs> now getting, you know, absolutely demolished by him, to be brutally honest, you know, yes. at the minute. But, yeah, yeah Alex, Alex is, is good. Well. Yeah, Alex is in that lovely little group with George and Lando, for example. They got they get on so, so fabulously well together. Yeah, they've they raced each real, other. Yeah, but they've got a good days. relationship as well, which is really nice as well. So it's, it's nice to see them all having sort of 
good times. I know that it's a bit mixed at the, at the present time, but Alex has probably had the toughest part because he was up against Max, he got smashed by Max, he then had to rebuild himself, and he's been able to do that so far. And he's dry, this is the best he's ever driven, for sure, at the present time. But he's in the right environment. I think James Vowles is a guy we interviewed with one of our Lithuanian podcasts, and James, I think he's the right character. I'm actually very impressed with what James has done so far. Can I say, Julia, I'm very impressed with how you're holding yourself in this podcast after doing a pint and a shot. You know, give Johnny a round of applause. He said he's nearly 60 and he's smashing that pint of some Jager bombs and he's carrying and, on. As you will learn, Billy, I will be able to uh, improve over these uh, next sort of uh, 20 odd minutes okay. with a few more of those um, Jager, Jager bombs. He's off uh, again. <laughs> You said that. He's <laughs> Well, me and Johnny are actually lucky enough staying at the track in the PRDC campsite, which is where you know a lot of the drivers get to stay. So we're really fortunate, and our camp vans are pretty close to each other. So I will keep everyone here updated on how Johnny lasts through the night. I'm not letting him get away with it. If he peaks early and he falls us off. You'll the know good, about the it. The good thing about our relationship, if I go down, he's coming down with me. Yeah, he's going to drag me with him. <laughs> yes. we got our first question. Do you think Ricardo will uh, replace Perez next season and that's why he's been brought in this year? Good question. Will Danny Rick replace Sergio Perez? For me, no. I, I, I can't see it. Maybe Alpha Tauri next year. I, I can't see him in a Red Bull seat. And from me, no. <laughs> no. Sorry to be so abrupt about it. Obviously, we know Danny Rick is a fan favourite. He's an absolute legend. I mean, you know, he's such a character and he's great to have in and around the paddock. But I think Red Bull's whole philosophy is like, you know, bringing young talent into the mix. So I think they'd probably give someone else a chance rather than Danny Rick. Danny Rick's the safe bet because you know he can do a job. But, yeah... I, I'd like to think Red Bull will stick to their philosophy because it's not often in Formula 1 that the young drivers, sometimes you win F2 and you don't get a chance. Oscar Piastri, who's on the grid now, he won F2 and there wasn't a seat for him, so he had to wait out for a year. So I'd like to think that youth will prevail. That's enough from you, Billy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, thing is, the, thing is, the thing is with Daniel, I think damage got done when he was up against Lando, personally. And it's how someone who's in who's a little bit older than the sort of the, the Landos of the world, the Georges of the world, etc. Um, will you be able to get the performances that maybe Daniel used to do back in his, his heyday? And he did some brilliant overtaking. He's a race winner and everything else that goes with it. I, I'm not sure that 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 will be enough for him to, for him to be able to Sergio. Sergio's a good, if it's horrible to say it, but he's a good number two for Max and for Red Bull. And we've seen it so many times. You know, Valtteri Bottas, another driver that could be better on his day than Lewis Hamilton, but it was twice a year. You know, the only other guy in the, in the Mercedes era that has been, has given him a hard time, obviously, was, was uh, Nico. And George, it's, it fascinates me sometimes actually with George, because George came in with, and he's done a brilliant job. They've had that little upgrade and it's completely swapped the other way. Now it's Lewis who seems to be doing the better job and it's George 
who's been struggling that little bit more. So we'll see what happens with this upgrade they've brought uh, this weekend. Doesn't seem so far that it's a positive, a positive thing. Have we got any more questions in the audience? Yeah. All right, lads. So it's a, it's a similar question, but about a different team. So okay. Ricardo obviously um, left McLaren last year. Obviously got the sack. Said he was going to spend more time in Australia with his family and stuff. But then immediately jumped into the Red Bull seat. Obviously got the reserve drive, whatever. And De Vries is obviously struggling. So do you think it's likely that De Vries is going to get the sack in the summer break and Ricardo to take over? And if so, will Ricardo carry on next year or will? AlphaTauri put Liam Lawson in next year. That see when you, we got asked the question about will Ricardo replace Sergio at Red Bull, my instant reaction was no because I think he's more than likely to get the AlphaTauri seat rather than the Red Bull seat, and that's it. Feels harsh to be talking about a driver. I never like talking about drivers losing their seats halfway through a season because you always think they deserve to you know do the full year to you know, prove whether they're up to it or not. And Nick DeVries, is, he's got a serious pedigree, hasn't he, Johnny? I mean, he's won Formula 2, Formula E. You know, he's won a lot of championships. So you need to you know, give him a bit of leeway and a bit of time because you know, he's going to be building up you know, his knowledge in the world of Formula 1. It's a completely different ball game, Formula 1, to any other racing category but Red Bull don't give that sometimes that time Helmet Marco Helmet is brutal Helmet's the, the issue for a driver just a quick one right it's it's because De Vries isn't young like it's not like it's a sort of up and coming age is just a number I know, I know, but I'm like, trying to help Johnny no, no, out here no but I'm saying but like De, De Vries is like five years younger than Ricardo so it's not like it's a young up and coming like who's going to be a superstar and Ricardo is coming in and stealing his potential he's very career. harsh isn't he very harsh the, the Gunter Steiner <laughs> <laughs> question Oh, right. No, no, no. I mean, it, obviously he has done. He's won Formula Two. He's won Formula E. But like, it's a different kettle of fish, and it like Formula One, and he is struggling massively. And the Helmet Marco is cutthroat, but he is being I th- I pretty think critical. Helmet Marco has made it fairly clear that you know he's got up until that summer break to get you know to start improving. Alpha Tari haven't got a good car this year. They are struggling as a team, so I don't think that helps the situation. You know, if Yuki Sonoda was you know getting 8th and Nick De Vries was finishing 10th 11th then there wouldn't be so much of an issue but because they're struggling and they're not getting points it is, it is difficult but it's also an issue where Pierre Gasly was on top of Sonoda last year this time around with Nick De Vries it's not the case it's the absolutely the opposite that's not a positive thing for, for Nick or any driver to be honest when you know there is a driver like Pierre who was able to sort of be on top of Sonoda and this time around Nick is not able to do that and there's, two, there's a lot of mistakes coming in as, as well so it's not just the speed it's also a lot of the mistakes that are coming into play as well it's always a funny one I don't know about you guys but when obviously you know we get to go to a lot of the Grand Prix watch everything and the only way you can compare the drivers is how they're doing to their teammates and how you know like Johnny said how like a Gasly did compared to Sonoda you then think okay Gasly's quicker than Sonoda Sonoda's quicker than Nick De Vries so he's like at the bottom of the pecking order so it is a little bit tricky to get a direct comparison sometimes but I hope for Nick's sake he gets given the chance to the end of the season I wouldn't like to see him lose his seat halfway through and then at the end of the season the decision is there to be made whether he's good enough or not any other questions in the audience we've got another one here 
Yeah, Billy, I, I just really wanted to say how much we appreciate how much you do for everything outside of Formula One as well. Obviously, you've um, been through a lot in your young years, but you've really taken um, your disability on and you've gone and done some magnificent things. And I think that really needs to be said. So, do you know what you. my biggest achievement is? Neck and a pine without chunder in front of you lot in the Hamilton Fields campsite. Top of the list. So, yeah, great. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I paid him a lot of money to say those nice things about me as well. I did indeed. Hi guys. Uh, yeah, just a quick one. I know you've probably both commented on the sort of the drive to survive effect on Formula One, how it's been sort of increasing popularity overall. Good opinion. Um, but for us guys that are sort of paying day to day to see, get these F1 tickets, especially Silverstone recently, uh, I had to borrow from the banker dad just to get these tickets. Well done, um, Dad. Good man, Dad. Well, well done, Dad. dad. <laughs> Um, how it's affecting like the core fan base uh, 750 quid we paid plus they're constantly pushing for more the tiki bars the, the opening evening all these types of effects that's having on these core fans in the pockets yeah I mean obviously from a you know I grew up and I was a Formula 1 fan just like yourself you know when I got into racing same as Johnny you know Formula 1's the dream and then you, you get the opportunity to, you know, you, you get your passes, you get in here. But, yeah, from a fan's point of view, I completely get that, you know, Formula One at the minute is in that boom period. Netflix has definitely done that for the sport where everyone wants to go to Grand Prix. You know, you only have to look at the attendance this weekend. Last year was 400,000 people over the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This year it's 480,000. So it's an extra 80,000 people. So that just shows how high in demand those tickets are. And obviously, it's, it's difficult times right now in terms of, you know, from a financial point of view, things are all a little bit up in the air. So I completely get that, you know, the prices are going up. Fans, some fans can't, you know, you know, struggling to, to be able to pay for it. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Johnny, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, of course, with Silverstone. You know, we're up against government-backed circuits from, from Bahrain and, and, and Saudi and everything else. Now... Silverstone, it's a very different situation. Silverstone's got to make things financially work out, so we're able to put on the show that we do very, very well here at Silverstone. But there is a cost to that. I think it's it's everything is very expensive in our lives today, and just to run this wonderful Silverstone Grand Prix weekend cost a lot more money than it used to. So that's where this. The ticket sales obviously are a little bit more expensive. Hopefully, it's something that the world will calm down and be able to sort of go back to normality. I don't. It's it's quite a difficult thing. It's it's like flights. If you do flights for my daughter lives in New Zealand at the moment, so to fly to New Zealand is quite expensive. But people are still paying to be able to fly to these sort of these types of countries. So the airlines are still charging exactly the same thing, although the prices have come down. The charging is still still very very high, so it's a very it's a very difficult thing. But Silverstone has a, a a position where it's got to be able to have the funds to keep the whole show going. You know, the the one thing that is going to be something that will benefit Silverstone, but it will benefit the new up and coming drivers is this is a kart track, an international kart track that will be built at Silverstone as well. So that will help the revenue, which hopefully will sort of help the ticket sales sort of come down a little bit but it's Johnny do you want to tell them a little bit about thing. your karting experiences of, of recent times Johnny's been back out in a go-kart recently you know throwing it back to his youth days you know that's been a little while ago but do you want to tell them about how you've been getting on 
uh, I get battered every time I get in it. Physically, it's a matter that when I used to when I used to race, there's a kart track called Rissington, which is very near Burford, uh, Oxfordshire, I think. And there was a lot of the the elder sort of uh, drivers. The that elder. Were, pardon? The elder. The elder. Uh, my age, actually younger than me, but they my age. And their necks used to fall off around the circuit. It's a very, very physical circuit. My necks starting to fall off at my age. Is it? Even after old. all the years well, of Formula One, well, you know, well, it's very, next very interesting, just so you're sort of aware a little bit about... It's the same in Formula One compared to karting. To get the best out of the tyres and everything else, you need to have that consistency. And you need to have, I don't know, do like a five-lap consecutive run. I can only do one hot lap, one slow lap, one hot lap, one slow lap. So Johnny's doing what struggle. they do in Formula One, where they take a little cool lap and a debrief, but not because their tyres have gone off, but no, because his head's about to it's fall off his shoulders. It's because I'm physically knackered. <laughs> Absolutely knackered. But it's very, it's very good fun. Very good fun. It's nice to get back to that. And it's what's nice about it, from my, my perspective is, and it's, it's where the F1 drivers... Makes you feel now, young, doesn't I'm it? I'm still speaking, Billy. The <laughs> F1 drivers of today still drive carts because that a physical... The physical side of it is very important for them when they get the Formula One car. So, so I'm going to make a comeback when I'm, I'm over sixty. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, any other questions in the audience? We've got another question here. Hi, guys. Um, I've heard a rumour there is a new sport that has been added to the Paris Olympic Games. It is called Team Principal Mud Wrestling. And I hear Toto Wolf and Christian Horner are up first. Who do you think is going to battle out to the end and win out of those two and why? That's a hell of a question. I was expecting all sorts of questions, but mud wrestling, Christian Warner, Toto Wolf. I'm assuming this is the gold medal match. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's a very easy thing. There is a where is he with his uh, Gunter Steiner? Very good. Now Gunter Steiner is a real bastard. (laughs) So Gunter Steiner will be able to win this. Do you know why? That's not the reason why. <laughs> the reason why is Christian Horner will be running a mile. <laughs> He'll get away. So it'll be, yeah, so it'll be an easy win for Gunter Steiner. I'd love to see it regardless. I'd like to see oh, it. Yes. Who'd be the worst out of all the team principals? Who'd struggle the most? Horner. Horner. 
Yes. So, so this isn't no, really a gold medal match, is it? <laughs> Any other questions? You got another one? Hi, Johnny. Can I just say, you were a legend on Sky Sports. Yes, he was. I like this man. I like this man. How much have you paid him? He was, he was. Are we going to see you back? I doubt it, but carry on. <laughs> and what was, what was it like to be teammate with Michael Schumacher? Backing you better uh, some days. Yeah. Uh, I think, I'm trying to think of a phrase. I was about to say, should I answer this for you? A nightmare. It, a nightmare. <laughs> I think he answered it very well there. Yeah, Michael was very, very, very tough. He was very selfish, but he was very selfish because obviously he was trying to do, you know, everything he could to actually win those, win the races and win the championships that he won. The, the difficult bastard... Uh, that was in the team. You like that word today, I don't, don't you? I do like that. I, yeah, but he is a bastard. Uh, was a particular Italian uh, bloke, uh, playboy. Uh, playboy. Playboy. Expand uh, on that. I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain a lot. Uh, Flavio Briatore, absolute bastard. Was was very much. We did when I did. My, it's like one of these things when you do your your contract negotiations. And when I did it with Flavio, there was all this... Did he take a zero off your contract, Pat, on purpose? No, he didn't take anything off. He just never added anything onto it. <laughs> so that was the problem I had. Well, actually, no, actually, I had a good bonus. I had a very good bonus. But I think he had a very big red button to screw me at the end of the year. That it used to be out of press, and then it would just blow the car up to pieces. Anyway... So that's that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, here. No, not uh, not really an issue. Michael Schumacher. Uh, Michael Schumacher. No, Flavio Briatore. So so we had this negotiation. Right at the very beginning, he was always sort of saying, "We're a team. We're together. We need to work together." Because the constructors' championship, which they hadn't won at the time, is a very important part of it. You're an important part of it. We need to work together as a team. And then the very first test that I did for Benetton, just for example, was it was a four-day test in Jerez. Michael was doing the first two days and then I was doing the, the last two days. So Michael did his first two days and then Ross Braun came to him. Michael hasn't quite finished off his programme at the moment, so he wants to just extend a little bit more going into the third day. So you got booted out. I got booted out. He did the third day and he hadn't quite, Ross came up to me again and said he hadn't quite finished off his third, third day of testing. He needs to finish it off on the final fourth day. And he then went up to, I think, the, the lunch break. And then I was able to do with a car that was absolutely shagged to death. I did the half a day of testing. So a four-day test, it was four two day days test, each, and you I, did half a day. Yes, and he did three and a half. He's got all the excuses, hasn't he? That's Formula One, which is very, very tough. You know, you have to deal with certain characters that make it sometimes very difficult for one driver, whoever it may be. And you have a, a situation, I personally think, even with Max. Now, Max and Red Bull and Christian and everything else, their whole, their whole belief and their energy goes into Max. A bit like Lewis, the same thing. They know Lewis, when he was winning all those championships, he, they know he would do the job every single weekend. And as I said about Valtteri a, bit, a little bit earlier on, it was only every now and again. You can't win championships. Sergio is in a very similar situation, that he can't do what Max does every single weekend so I understand that but of course it's very hard because you feel that they're focusing on that one driver and that really makes it very very difficult but that's understandable I look back now with my time at Michael I, I would never have beaten Michael even if they'd given me all the support I was never 
Never. I've got faith Never in you. Enough. If you'd got those two days rather than that half a day, that would have made all the difference. No, 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 no. I blame Gregor Wojtek. I don't know if you know my story. I've got no idea Gregor, who that no, is. Have you guys? Anyone? No. No. Yeah. No, so my story, you know a little bit about my story. My Gregor Wojtek was a Swiss driver when we were racing the Formula 3000. When I had my very big crash when I broke my, broke my feet in uh, Jerez, he was the guy that basically made the crash happen. So those types of situations made my life that much more difficult. Same as Billy. You know, it's it's it makes things different, but you've got to try and work away work work away around it. Like with Billy, when Billy had his big accident lost his lost his legs. I don't know what you're on about, mate. No, no, I know, I know. I think they're fake. They're actually well they are fake. Yeah. Actually, yeah. They it's are all, fake. It's all for show. They are fake. It's all for show. But you've got to find you find ways of getting around the problem you've got. You know, Billy was able to race in Formula and win. In Formula yeah. 3 as well. Yeah, exactly. did it with my hands rather he did than my it with feet. Your ha- there you go. So he did it through his hands and his feet. Absolutely. Johnny's applauding me. You can't see it, but he is applauding me. This doesn't happen a lot on this podcast, let me tell you. Right, we've got time for a couple more questions, so let's make them some good ones. Who's up next? Hello. Um, what was your driven documentary like to film and also... How was the modified British F4 you got, car you got from Carlin? How was that like to drive? Yeah, it was really um, the driven documentary that happened after my accident. It started off because my cousin was a cameraman. So, you know, luckily for me, what do you keep hitting me for? I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. Johnny was kicking my leg, but, you know, I've got a little bit of feeling left in me. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the, um, yeah, so the Driven documentary, my cousin started just filming a little bit of what was going on with my rehabilitation. Then we got approached by a production company who, you know, were interested in documenting my story. And I was really unsure about it at first, because obviously, you know, for me, this was a huge moment in my life. Big, you know, big changes going on, getting used to what life was going to be like post this. I didn't know that I was going to get back to racing. I didn't know what that situation was going to look like. Um, but I liked the idea of, being able to document it and to look back on what I went through to be able to see where I was able to get to and what I was able to achieve. I didn't know what that was going to be at the time, but that for me was sort of the reasoning behind doing it. And uh, yeah, luckily it wasn't a complete disaster. And I did a couple of couple, couple of things after my accident. Thank you. Love you too. <laughs> um, and then the British F4 car. So the, the up, uh, about 11 weeks after my accident, so we went to Brands Hatch, which is my local racetrack. I drove um, a brick, um, brick car, it is, and it's updated with all the hand controls for all the army veterans. And I basically went to that day, got my race license back, which was, yeah, I had 40 staples still in my legs. So, you know, I was, my mum wasn't too impressed with that situation. Mummy. Why do you keep calling my mum mummy? I don't like this. This is not okay. This is what one pint and the Jagerbomb does to Johnny Herman. Takes it too far. <laughs> I like my mum too. <laughs> but yeah, the British F4 car. So I went to that day, learned how to drive with hand controls. It's a very different car and a very different beast to a British F4 car, you know. No power steering, you know, have, there's all these factors in a British F4 car. That's a proper race car. Um, and then I went and uh, with my best mate Jamie to the, the team he was driving for, Carlin, to their factory. And about 
I had my accident in April and it was about probably August time I went to with him to a simulator day in preparation for one of the weekends that he had coming up and started going on the simulator and you know realized okay i'm not a million miles off the pace at this i had a leaderboard at carlin there was lando norris jamie was up there i think i ended up doing like five ten laps of hand controls and being like third or fourth or fourth on the leaderboard of all their drivers they had i was like okay we're in the mix here you know this isn't this isn't too bad and then went back and, you know, developed these controls a bit further and, yeah, managed to get back behind the wheel. So that was the main goal for me, was just to get back behind the wheel. But I wanted to be competitive. And, yeah, thankfully, with the team around me, the support of my family, that all uh, happened. Even had the support, would you believe, of Johnny Herbert. He's one of the first people to come and see me in hospital. You know, he didn't have to be there. I've never met Johnny before in my life. And, you know, I'm going through all this. And this man here turned up and was there for me in hospital and sort of introduced himself. So, yeah, hats off to Johnny. I don't pick him up too often, but he was a bit of a star back then. Yeah, but it was important because I, I've been through what I've been through. And I do remember that support was a very, very important thing. So, so I know you had a brilliant family that were there for you, but it's just something a little bit extra, so... It's not a I've not been able to shake him since. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> right, one final question. Over here. Okay, last question. Who's your favourite ride? Who's my favourite driver? Yeah. Johnny, come on, you start us off. Favourite driver... Billy Monger. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I have to say, I probably agree with Lewis Hamilton. I was always Ayrton Senna, but I think Lewis has is is better than what Ayrton was. So. I I would you know when I was growing up, so the, my first episode was in like I say it was 15 years ago from today. It was 2008. I remember going in the campsite with my family. It was absolutely bucketing it down. It was an absolute bog. You guys got it lucky this weekend, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, such a privilege to be able to watch that race. Lewis won his first British Grand Prix. He won it by over a minute. But that just, you, you guys know, that just doesn't happen in the world of Formula One anymore. No one wins a Grand Prix Very by special. over a minute. So that, for me, just set me on the path of being like, that's the guy that I want to be doing what he's doing. I want to be winning Grand Prix. I want to be at the front, you know, like Lewis. So he's the guy I've always looked up to. Yeah, I know. I know and I, I wasn't born when, yes. you know, you started, you know, racing. Oh. Sorry to bring it up again, but you just oh, said no, I was your hero. Don't so. touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> I thought we were yes, friends. but it is. Yeah, yeah that's because that's you're foolish. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but Lewis, I have to say, yeah, there is a wow factor about him. I know... Everybody sort of a little bit um, makes it, finds it a bit awkward with Max sort of saying, but he will be the next one that's going to be very, very special at, at the same time. But Lewis... I've got to throw George Russell's name in the mix there. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. You know, no, I agree. Another no, I agree that. But I was lucky enough my, to be teammates in Carlton with him. But my big thing is Lewis should be eight. Yeah. yeah. That's the big thing. 
because I think it was more than deserved. The whole debacle that we had in Abu Dhabi was just disgraceful. It's in many respects. It, it sometimes feels like I don't know about you guys, but it, it feels tough to watch it sometimes because you're. I feel like if Lewis had won his eighth, he was ready to bow out yes, gracefully yes, with I his eighth so. title, which, like Johnny said, I think he earned and deserved as well. Yeah. So I think yeah. the the nice thing for us and, and including us too as well, because I think he's, you know, he's still got the desire to do it. I just hope he finds and he's given a car that can actually give him that chance once again yeah it's more more than deserved yeah it was interesting i got to sit down with him on thursday and have a chat with him which is going to go out on our show this weekend channel four but he was just so you know so calm so cool so relaxed and this year he knows that red bull you know they're up the road they've got that advantage but he, well, I spoke to him I said how long are you going to be around in this sport for you know people ask that question all the time like how long has Lewis got left he's focused on next year and he told me he want, he thinks he can do at least five more years so if there's any Lewis fans out there I've got a feeling he's going to be sticking around for a while so a all the more reason to come back I've got a question can we do it sort of on the clap of yeah clap of now, should he stay with Mercedes or should he go for all? So Mercedes? Is that a question? It's a question. Yeah. That Mercedes? That Mercedes? Or should he go and do a little bit risky move and go for all? That's about 50-50. No, that's more than 50-50. That's staying at Merck, that was. Oh, okay. okay. It's a very difficult thing. I don't know what the right decision what is going to be. What would you do in his situation, I Johnny? Personally, I'd probably go the risky route and go with Ferrari. They've got all the ingredients that they can actually make he a car He thinks Ferrari win. pays better, that's why Johnny's no, no, thinking about heading over there. No, 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 Nothing about pay. When did you read about pay? Nothing no, about pay. It doesn't need to be paid more. You need to just have a car that can give him one championship. And the Mercedes, I'm not sure. We had a car last year that was a bit shit, to be perfectly honest. The engineers within the team persuaded Toto, we know what we need to do. We can turn this car around. We can make this car a race winner. And they made another shit car as well, because basically it's the same car. They've improved it a little bit, I might, I must say, but they are still struggling big time. Now, my thing is, is have they got the right mentality to move it to the next level? I have a massive question mark that they have that ability to do that. I'm not saying Ferrari will be able to give him that, but I think there is a... A chance that the likes of, of Johnny's favourite colour is red. If you guys were wondering, no, that's your favourite. No, no, you've been no. in all our podcasts. Whenever we do the top three of a weekend, he always throws a Ferrari. Can you blame he's me? Trying to get, he's trying to get a, a car cars. for the weekend. Trying to get a Ferrari it's not for the weekend. So that's what he's trying to do that. at the present time. So I don't you know. That's me. I would possibly go for our route do something well I think no matter where year. he goes Johnny both me and you and I'm, I'm assuming most of the fans are of the same opinion that we want to see Lewis in a car that's yes. capable of winning another that's world championship am yes. I right yeah that's my thing well listen guys <laughs> go to the Red, Red Bull, Bull. The one rebel fan at the front, shouting rebel. He's been quiet the whole podcast, <laughs> and he piped up right at the end. Yeah, come on, get him up. Security, yeah, come security. On. Let's, let's get him gone. Let's get him gone. <laughs> listen, it's been an absolute privilege to sit in front of pleasure. you guys, be able to listen to your questions, indeed, be able to do pipes and shots in front of you. 
this is what the British Dream Grand Prix is all about for yeah, me. It's about it you know, experiencing it, you know, interacting with the fans, and we're just honoured that you guys all turned up to to listen to us chat rubbish. So. Yes, exactly. You know, we appreciate it, and I hopefully you're going to have a good weekend. Let's hope the Brits do do a good job. But uh, yeah, I think you know Silverstone. Through all the years I've been involved to come into this place, they do make a spectacular weekend happen. So hopefully it's going to be another spectacular one as well. There's nothing like it. Again, thanks from both me and from Johnny. And, and thanks for turning Thank up. Thank you, yes. Very appreciate it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.